1: Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. As ever, Matt and Alan joining me. What a weekend, Alan. It's going to be Ireland going for a Grand Slam for the first time in Dublin against England. How excited are you?
2: I'm very excited. I think it's uh, it's a wonderful uh, situation. I think if you go back to before the, the start of the tournament, I think people asking for... Uh, all the pundits' predictions and ex-players and people working in the media, I think um, I'll be honest in saying I didn't think we'd have a Grand Slam uh, situation in this last round. I thought maybe France might have caught us in Dublin or maybe Wales or Scotland might have got nicked one against against Ireland. Um, but um, I think that's on that was on the back of probably my, my nerves from after 2019 and what happened. And that's obviously well documented. Um, similar situation going into that year as world number one this time around i think this irish team have have handled the pressure they've handled the the tag and i think the tag of number one in the world has been probably more deserving um given the results we've seen and the way they've played so i think they're getting a lot of credit and um maybe we underestimated them a little bit how good they can be and how consistent they have been that doesn't give them any right to win a Grand Slam at the weekend. They still have got to go out and perform. But it's it's it sets up for a wonderful weekend. Uh, Cheltenham all this week. Um, Paddy's Day tomorrow. Um, special kind of whole atmosphere around, not just in Dublin, but throughout Ireland. Um, it's a holiday weekend. Um, so if I'm on the English team or in the English squad, I'm thinking, let's go and spoil the party.
1: Yeah, Matt, Ireland have named their team. Gibson Park in, Henshaw in, Ryan Baird. Obviously, there's injuries for all those um, big calls. Apart from Gibson Park, he comes in to start. But the calls you would have made, Matt, and you know, it's such a strong 23, never mind a 15.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with all the selection. I think uh, you know Andy Farrell deserves huge credit for his selection policy, not just for this game, but over the last 12 months, the way he's developed, players produced um, depth within the squad, I mean, who would have thought that Tom O'Toole would be sitting on a bench for a Grand Slam decider a year ago? And that's a credit to Tom, but it's also a credit to Andy for giving players like Tom opportunity in A-games and then obviously um, with a few injuries, Tom's shown what he can do. And, and as have a number of other players that aren't in the match day 23, there's Ryan Baird starting. Now, we all know Baird's uh, incredible athleticism uh, probably a criticism I've heard of him was he was maybe a little bit immature in his decision-making process. But Baird has, has grown and moved been excellent for Leinster, and I think is a huge prospect for the future. Knowing that we've got Henderson and and uh, Burns injured, so how how wonderful is it to have that that depth in the in second row? Jamison Gibson Park. Um, without being in any way derogatory to Conor Murray, who's one of our all-time great players, he does put pace on the game. And when that pace is put on the game, the defence of the opposition really struggles. And he will put a pace on the game that the English defence will really find hard to cope with. And I I think if we're not talking about England right now, but I do have to acknowledge that their defence has been appalling, absolutely appalling. And their defence against France... Almost every aspect, the kick chase, the set play defence, the phase defence, there was no line speed to it, no accuracy, and there were there were more gaps in the Sydney Harbour heads. You know, you could have driven the Queen Mary through some of those gaps. But I do think that's a great selection. Uh, Robbie Henshaw coming back, he's got a lot of experience at the outside centre, much better for us than Bundy there, who was a better inside centre. Robbie's got both. You know, right across the park, Peter Armani was magnificent last week, earned his role. Conan goes back to the bench, was magnificent when he came on. Like you know, do we get Josh Vanderfleet to throw the ball in again? The only thing we don't want is Kean Healy taking the tap kicks because he does an air swing. But you know, it was—it's a—it's a really powerful Irish team that is reaping the benefits of 15 months to two years of excellent selections from Andy Farrell and his staff.
1: Um it's obviously disappointing for Ian Henderson who you rate, but Ryan Baird—you've always been a big advocate of him. You think he's if i'm right in saying really athletic which obviously he is but also just a really good player and hopefully going to progress from here and keep progressing
2: yeah he's still young isn't he and um you know Ian henderson uh, by no means is 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 finished i think he's had a he's had a tough season with injuries um tried to get back and get some match practice pre christmas with ulster and um, got back and got games under his belt and was obviously a big boost to having him back in the irish squad um but Ryan Baird is a different type of player he's he's what you'd call without being disrespectful to to any second rows in the past he's your modern day athletic machine around the field this guy is just so fit he's a he's he can step people he's so quick he can score tries from 60 70 yards out we've seen him do that with with leinster there is a difference a step up um, when you go to the top top level and you know he would be really tested if he started um, in 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 a World Cup against France, against New Zealand, against South Africa. You're coming up, and you think about Etzebet and the and these guys. So that's the level, and that's the top level, and it takes time. You need experience. Um, I think he's after getting bigger physically. Um, I think he there's no reason why he can't consistently become, you know, a star at this level um, because I think he has all the attributes, but given the way the game has gone, it'll be interesting to see what Matt thinks it is as a coach. I think the teams that are being successful at the moment are the ones that are playing rugby, i.e. they're throwing the ball around. Um, and he fits in perfectly to a strategy as a coach who can, who's a footballer. He can pass, he can step, he can run as quick as a winger. So obviously if he gets the fundamentals right with his scrummaging, he's uh, tight playing them all because sometimes we underestimate the value of a destructive second row in that mall who can split things up, who can get in early um, has that little bit of nous about um, stopping the opposition, get set, all that stuff. So they, they're the little fundamentals that you really would look to. And that's what Paul O'Connell would want first and foremost. The other stuff just comes naturally to Ryan bear. I think he's a wonderful footballer, but uh, we shouldn't expect too much from him too soon. But you know, at this stage, I have no issue with him playing uh, at this level because I think he's good enough and I think he's only going to get better.
1: Matt, before we touch on England, we must look at Johnny Sexton. Peter Manny saying yesterday he's actually changed rugby in Ireland. It's his last game in the Six Nations for his country, level on points with his good mate Ron Nogara, 5'57 five, five, for the all time Six Nations points record. Probably will overtake that if he, if he kicks three points or at any stage. Which let's hope he will, which he should. But what has he done in your eyes for Irish
0: rugby? He's he's iconic, isn't he? The I think the biggest thing about Johnny, before we get to what he's done for Irish rugby, is there was a number of flexion points in his career where I thought maybe the maybe this is the end of a very long but but spectacular road. And each time I've thought that it proved all of us wrong because it wasn't – I remember we it was a discussion in, in 19 with a whole lot of really good rugby guys from Leinster, some old heads there, and we all thought, look, he's been great, but he's finished. And he, he doesn't just reinvigorate, he reinvents. He, he, he gets better. And I think what he's done for Irish rugby is what he's done for Leinster for years. He demands standards. People – you know, coaches do set standards, as Alan knows, but really, it's when the players start demanding of each other and they, the, the players set super high standards and they, don't, they hold each other accountable. That's when teams really grow and move and, and develop. You know, Alan was part of a wonderful Munster side. I know did those sort of things and we've seen Leinster do it over the years. And, and Sexton, <coughs> a great sides, Le- Leinster and Ireland have had great sides. He has demanded even more week in, week out. And it's made people believe in themselves. It's made people believe, you know, the, the rubbish that, oh, we can't, we can't go out as favourites. Like, that, that's, those days are over. The, the rubbish that we can't take on big packs, those days are over. Like, what, you, what is it he hasn't done? And he has driven those standards as a leader. Sometimes he's grumpy. Sometimes we said, oh, you know, he shouldn't speak like that. He shouldn't show his frustration. But that guy is a winner. And for too long in Irish rugby, when I was there, we would deny ourselves the belief that we can win. And Johnny has given Irish rugby that um, unrelenting belief that the whole organisation can win and the rest of the team is responding to it. And, and this is this is not a good Irish side. This is a great Irish team that, that I think uh, will, will win the world, win the uh, Grand Slam this weekend adding to it their incredible uh, achievements, what they did in New Zealand and the November internationals. And therefore, Johnny's put himself and his team in a great position to to go out at the World Cup in a, in a really powerful position.
1: Yeah, I'll, even this week, it was all about process. It was nothing to do with him. He's just a born winner, isn't he? And he's going to be missed so much.
2: Yeah, he is. Um, he's a once-in-a-generational once type player. Um, I know... Maybe people would I, I see I, I saw a lot of characteristics of of um, what Johnny has in Ronan O'gara, and I think they're both uh, similar in, in the temperament, um, the ability to bounce back from setbacks, um, the narkiness that both of them have <laughs> and ha- have had. Um, Absolutely, Rog still has it, doesn't he, man? That's still, right. if, if I, he, I might be, he might be listening to the podcast. He might come on and clip me if I, if I say something wrong about it. But what I'm trying to say is, that it's amazing. Those two guys um have just been incredible standard bears for that fly half position. And I've always said this, you know, they don't come around very often. Has there been another Nogar and Munster? No, there hasn't. You know, in the 15 years that I played with him. And in the time since, there has been no one else that's been as consistently good and at that level. Um, so they don't, you they, they don't just grow on trees. And it's the same with Johnny Sexton. We've been talking about this now for seven or eight years. Who's going to replace Johnny Sexton? Who's going to replace Conor Murray when they go? Because Sexton Murray, remember, for a number of years, world class, world class, world class. That's what we were saying. You know, they were on. Was it line tour and thir- line tour thirteen, seventeen? Should have both been there in, in 21 as well. Um, mm. But Sexton obviously wasn't selected. But there was three line stores there that you could say they should have been. They were. They deserved to be there. Um, so they've been. Johnny's dominated this this kind of arena and this this level for a long, long time. And you don't just replace guys like that. We've had the debate is what I'm trying to say. Who's going to replace Johnny Sexton and the gap. We talk a lot about the gap. So, sensational player, but also character-wise. He's the type of guy who you want to play with, but not play against, because you'd want to try and, um, as a wing forward, you'd you'd be going after Johnny Sexton because you think he's narky, he's giving lip to the referee, he's vocal, he's in your face. But you love him if he's on your team. You love him if he's with Ireland or with Leinster. And um, I, I love the fact that Johnny Sexton wears his heart in his sleeve that that gives me a buzz i i would like to think i tried to do that myself a lot of the times sometimes it got me into trouble but i love the fact that he's honest he's straight up and he's someone you'd like to be in the trenches with so obviously from a quality point of view he's you know he's kicking he's running he's passing he's a top class player as well but i think the added value with Johnny Sexton is that 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 temperament and that aggression and that will to win and desire it's very hard to coach that in players, Matt. Um, he has it so much of it, you know. And he's been an absolutely outstanding leader uh, for this group for a long time. I know he's captained this team for the last couple of years. I go back to the game in France with Italy when you remember he was taken off and Ireland were beaten by France. It was the rearranged game. yeah. And he seemed to be sulking a little bit coming off and people questioned his temperament and... It wasn't the right behavior, and he should have been portraying something different. You know, Andy Farrell came out more or less said no issues with that. Um, that's emotion. That's the passion I want. Um, so he's had um, a few narky moments, but I love the fact that um, you can't beat this guy. You know, you keep you can knock him and knock him and knock him and lose, and he just wants to come back, and he inspires people around him. So you know, even I, I keep referencing New Zealand last year. I just I interviewed him at the start of that tour. And I remember just sitting down with him before the first test. And he made me start to believe that they're going to do this. You know, because I was a little bit glass half full. This is a daunting task. And you know, Matt, no matter who you are, how good you are at any stage, going to New Zealand is really difficult, whether you're with your club side and you've been there with Super Rugby as well, Matt. It's a tough place. And, you know, I just he believed that they were good enough. They do their job if they turn up, if they front up and he made me start thinking, God, I'd love to be there. I'd love to be involved in this. And then they, they did, they, they did it in the end. Um, so his mental strength is phenomenal and uh very humble guy away from it. You know, people say this narciness, there's two sides to sports people, you know, Johnny is a real warrior on the field and, um, he's, he's gentle, he's quiet, he's different off it, you know, and he's very polite and, uh, so I, I love that fact. And, and you know, I referenced Ronan there. Ronan w- was so many characteristics, the same temperament wise. And obviously, you know, Raj delivered for numbers of years and got 124 or five caps for Ireland. Johnny Sexton's, you know, over a hundred caps as well. Iconic figures. And I think um, he deserves all the praise he gets Johnny Sexton because he's been wonderful ambassador for this country.
1: Well, he's not done yet. Of course, we have a World Cup down the line. But Matt, if we bring it back to Saturday and we look at England, obviously that record home defeat to France, it looks like we don't know their team yet, but it looks like it's going to be Farrell, Toulanghi and Slade. Can they cause Ireland any problems? Surely there's going to be a backlash and they're still good players, Matt.
0: Stu, the 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 plus for England is they can't get any worse. Like, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. They just couldn't play as poorly as they did last week, surely, because they were horrible. They were really, really bad in every aspect, systemic problems within that team. As I said, their defence in every area, set play was poor, phase play was poor, their kicking game. Like, I don't know what they were trying to do with their kicking game. Like, they kicked to France, kicked to Ramos. You think of the points that they gave up from, from absolutely horrid kicks to Ramos. They were slow. Their ruck ball was so slow. The French defence just dealt with them when they lifted the pace. When when Owen Farrell came on uh, in the second half there, and Mitchell came on at nine, the pace of the English attack jumped, and they caused France some problems and scored uh, a, a very good try there at the beginning of the second half. And coming back to Alan's point before, you know the teams that are, are going successful around the world is attacking, and what is the key to that is the pace of the ruck and the pace of the game. So to stop rushing defence. It's playing really fast rugby, putting your skills under pressure. It's what Jamison Gibson Park does so brilliantly for Ireland. Is he speeds the ruck time up? You could see the they have the stat there now. How long does each ruck start uh, take, rather? And the the Irish, the number of Irish rucks under two seconds was phenomenal, one point five seconds. And the number of English rucks over three seconds is staggering, and that's their problem. And then you have players like these great players. We know Mario Tocha is a great player. He was anonymous last week. The 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 English back row were just demolished. The statistics that came up, they were not even registering on many of the statistics. Whereas the French, it had ball carriers. You know, uh, um, Olivon nine. uh, The the his his equivalent Willis. You know, three like the numbers that went through on everyone between the French background row and the English background row weren't eight, nine or 10, 10, 11. They were eight or nine for the French, 12 for the French, two or, or duck egg for the English. So they were off the park everywhere. And you just got to say that, that just being the affluent and the competitors you are and the humility, uh, sorry, the, the, the humbling experience and the abuse you'd be getting during a week, that Saturday can't come around quick enough for this English side because they just want to get it out of their system. And any of us, you know, you were talking about Johnny being a competitor. Everyone that's involved in international rugby, they're competitors. They, they just, and for the English, it must be like chewing razor blades all week. I, I do believe there'll be a response. I do believe they'll come out. I think that that three-quarter line uh, with, with Tuolagi at 12 uh, is the best that they've put out for some time. I think Tuilagi is a talismanic figure for him. I think it was another error that um, the English selectors have made in leaving him out. I know he's been injured. I know he's been suspended, so you can't blame him for everything. But I still can't see England getting everything that needs to be got together for that side to beat Ireland at the Aviva when Ireland have been so magnificent and so brave, uh, driving themselves, overcoming so many obstacles like they did last week. I, I just can't see England doing that. Now, if we, if we think back to the last time we had a Grand Slam, there was, there was two things to, to put into that. One was they had a, a – you can't say luck. Sexton did a drop goal against France and Paris in the rain in the last seconds. The, every, on every Grand Slam, every team has a day where they almost get done. If they have to overcome some great adversity. Ireland did it that day in Paris. They also did it last week in Murrayfield. They overcame incredible adversity from Josh van der Fuhr throwing the ball in, all those injuries. We know about it. Brilliant. And then we went to Twickenham on St. Patrick's Day, not the St. Patrick's St. Patrick's Day, And the first 40 minutes is as good a 40 minutes as I've ever seen in an Irish team play. They were magnificent, equal to the first 40 minutes against France or to any of the halves in the Test matches down in New Zealand. Now, I just believe we're going to see the same thing. Everything is pushing this Irish team to grab history. And this English team is not as good as that one. I I just can't see them getting together all the things they need to get together to really pose a match-defeating threat to Ireland. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Quinny, would you go along with Matt there? Can you see you, like you were tweaking them last week. Obviously it must've been very, very flat to say the obvious, but like, can you see them coming to Dublin and really, I presume it's going to be all physicality if they play too and they're bringing back, you know, the likes of Johnny Hill is in the second row. Like are these guys going to come and just try and beat up Ireland? But Like from what i've seen that's not going to happen but maybe maybe i'm i can't see that
2: i think there's obviously pressure on ireland here because of the expectation and um like i said at the start they've they've dealt with that pressure really well i think they're a very humble group and that comes from the coach i don't think if ireland were to lose this game Stuart, there is no i i there is no way that We'll go back and say they underestimate us, England, because they—they they, there's no way they're going to underestimate England this week. There's too much experience there. Will they have trained easy? Well, they probably have, um, you know, not done as physical, the same physical work with a six-day turnaround, and given the injuries they had. But there's no way the coaches here and the players themselves will will underestimate England in any way. I think they will see. The very obvious threat is the physicality. You know, they're a big side. You've got Genge, uh, Sinclair, who both their props didn't play well last week. Um, Genge was talking a lot to the referee. I think he lost his focus a little bit. Um, Mario had one or two moments where he, I think he got one clean turnover, one spoil situation in the line But I didn't see him throughout the whole game making any carries, any sort of big tackles. Their back row was totally anonymous. Um, I don't think they're going to be as bad. France were very good. But I do think they're better than that. So I think they will be better. And I think if they get some little bit of cohesion, which is hard to see them, particularly in multi-phase. So if Ireland can be strong defensively, particularly in you know one to five phases, well then, where do England go after that? Because I think we've seen throughout this championship, they lose their shape then. I don't think their speed of movement on the ground is good enough. I don't think their fitness is good enough, but they are big and strong. So if they cause a little bit of damage in phase one, two, three, four, of course they can hurt Ireland. They can kick penalties. They can. They can, you know, even for Freddie Stewart's try against France uh, in the second half, that was a very direct, maybe four or five phases and try. Um, they have some really good players, and I think Tulangi certainly can cause damage to any defence, but. Ireland are at a level I don't like the fact that we're all we're doing is talking Ireland up that's all I'm doing all week that's all I'm hearing um I you know but it's the reality um England have loads to lose here because if they lose this game it'll be the third year in a row they've only won, won two games in the championship that's a shocking return for for English rugby I think they won the championship in 2020. With four, with four wins they won the, the, the six nations tournament so the following two years won two games finished third and finished fourth um so i think there's a lot of pressure on them and it will instill a fight and, and a reaction ireland just have to be calm and really be ready for that physicality but i'm not sure i'd like to be taking on Ty furlong or dan sheehan or andrew porter on that front row they are no slouches themselves you know uh, james ryan physically looks back to his best he looks really imposing aggressive um and, and the back row has been superb so um there's a bit of dog in that irish pack as well but certainly they've got to be careful they've got to get the emotion right and not get dragged into a you know a fist fight if you like um I believe they can handle one, but I just think it's risky business. I think Andy Farrell will want them to stick to their structure, their plan. Obviously, win collisions because if you lose collisions at this level, you can, you can, it can, it can snowball, and uh, they'll be clinging on to the fact that four years ago they came and smashed Ireland. They kicked the ball up in the air. They won all the aerial battles. And when you think of Malins and Anthony Watson and, and Freddie Stewart, they have a they have some pace and guile out, out in that back line, but we haven't seen it. Um, so yeah, I think uh it's probably the most obvious one to go back to your question is the physical side of the game is how they can set unsettle Ireland. But um I think they'll they'll definitely throw a little bit of caution to the wind. They've been programmed to play a phase or two and kick, play a phase or two and kick. Try and get into the, the kind of green zone and then, you know, out muscle the opposition. I think if they play a little bit, they can be quite dangerous. So Ireland needs to be aware of that.
1: Matt, a final one on this Grand Slam decider, so to speak 1948 in Belfast, 2009 in Cardiff, 2018 in Twickenham. Like it's going to be someday if Ireland get it done for the fourth time of Grand Slam, but in their own backyard in Dublin.
0: Great day for Irish, rugby, isn't it? What, what a scene! Patrick's Day weekend, Sexton's last Six Nations game, probably his last game at home. Possibly if they have a if he doesn't play in the World Cup warm ups, it's uh, it's all set. You know the the rain, unfortunately, as it's predicted, may help England. I think it was a dry day. I'd be almost putting your house on uh, on Ireland because of the expansive way they play. But it it's just set up. It, and, you know, it's what we love about the Six Nations, what got me into it as a kid, seeing these days, you know, you go back to the the great world sides of the 70s and, and the 80s, and the, you know, the French sides in their pomp. And it, it just, it had something about it that was just special and extra. And Ireland seemed to be robbed of that over many years. You know, we only, only watching the show the other night about the, uh, the, the great team under Willie John McBride that, that should have won a Grand Slam because of the troubles, it never happened. You know, that Scotland and Wales didn't come over, but uh, England did. But uh, they, that team had beaten France. That could have been the year that they'd won their Grand Slam at home. And finally, 50 years later, here's the chance. And I, 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 I know what Al's saying about them getting their mind right and not thinking they've already got it won. I'm certain that at some point, you know, maybe in the change room last week after the Scotland game, someone has said, don't believe that this chance is going to come again. Don't just sit there and believe, oh, there'll be another one. Like Sexton knows for him there isn't another one. This is his last shot at a home winning Grand Slam. And all through that team, I'm certain that's been put on by the wisdom in the coaching staff and saying, here, boys, Here's opportunity. You don't get in life second opportunities sometimes. You just, this is it. This is the one. And I hope they grab it. It's going to be full of people. It's going to be electric atmosphere. It's going to be absolutely special. Here's the next part, mate. This is a fabulous Irish team. This is the best Irish side I have seen in my lifetime. And they are being brilliantly led by Farrell and his staff. And they have belief. You know, and, and if you've got a team... That looks at each other and says they believe we can do this, they will do it. I think believe they will do it. And you only have to look back, that's not just me with rhetoric. You look back at last week. You look at the difficulties that team faced, the obstacles they had to come, how they had to adjust their game plan. And they didn't adjust and just, you know, drop goal in the last 10 seconds. They were magnificent at Murrayfield. That game was a big, big game. They're coming into this like excited, jumping up. Let it start. And, and I, I think it's going to be one of uh, Irish rugby's great days.
1: Let's hope so. But, Alan, we must touch. There are two other games this weekend. <laughs> must touch on them. You wouldn't think they were. Wales against France. Wales going again back to the old school. Another number of changes from Warren Gatland. France, okay, it's an outside shot, but they, they can, I suppose, technically still win the championship. Which way do you see that going?
2: Um, well, given what we saw last week of France, I think um, they just took their game to a different level. Um, they were outstanding. Outstanding at Twickenham. I think England obviously had their problems, which we've spoken about. Um, but I just think France, as Sean Edwards said it afterwards, that was their best performance since he's been there. And I, I believe that's correct. When they're on that kind of, in that kind of form, mixing power with pace, um, real evasiveness uh confidence and you know matt lives there he knows what it's like play with it and club team in france or the national team the mentality just changes someone makes a line break and they they just become ignited and um so i think they'll kick on i think it's going to be really difficult for wales obviously um you know it was a vital win for them in italy last week and i thought they showed a bit of steel and resilience which was was pleasing to see um you know, their backs are to the wall. It's been a dreadful championship for them and and for Warren Gatland. Um, I was glad that uh, they got a performance. I think, uh, you know, we were obviously um, really happy with the way Italy have played so up to this point in the tournament and, and saying they're back and they're competitive again. And, you know, credit to Wales last week. They They had a really tough situation where, again, me included, was predicting that Italy would win that game. So, um, you know, Wales, chop it and change it again um, from Warren Gatland, But it's a daunting task. But you'd, you'd have to fancy France here, given what they did, as I said, at the weekend. And they just grow in confidence. But it's an interesting one now because, you know, we talk about Ireland's mentality a lot. This French mentality has kind of wavered a little bit. I think they gave a reminder to everyone last weekend what they can do if they show ruthless edge here and back it up um, against a really desperate Welsh team who here who have a fair bit of experience in their team, that's the interesting point for me. Can France kick on and, and get another ruthless performance? But you'd have to imagine that France would probably be that bit too strong for Wales at the weekend.
1: We'll see how they get on if they back that up and, and are too strong for Wales, as you say. Matt, last game, Italy vs Scotland. You actually thought Italy should have beaten Wales if they had taken their chances. And then do, the other I hand, think. it looks like, you know, with Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg out, Ben Healy's going to get his chance as well, make his debut show. Massive day for him if he gets his chance.
0: Yeah, huge day for Ben. Um, and good luck to the young man. You know, he's, he's followed a dream and you, you can't knock people for that. Uh, I think it's a really interesting game, Stuart, with, with, with Hogg and Russell in. I think it's a no-brainer, but I think it's going to depend on a couple of things: how well both teams recover emotionally from the defeats they suffered. Because Scots <laughs> have been really criticised at home for their second-half performance, and you know, so they should be. Like, if, at halftime, I thought, "How can Ireland win this?" I've said it three times in the podcast, but but how did when I saw Josh Vanderfield walk up with a ball behind? He said to throw on the line, at, and I went, "Oh wow, this is going to be tough." Yet. Island Ireland dominated the second half, completely dominated. So mentally and emotionally, that Scottish side has been smashed. How they bounce back, and this is against Italy, and this is not playing Wales or something. You know, it's really hard mentally against Italy sometimes because everyone expects you to win. Now, this is a very good Italian side. But then you've got to look at the Italians. How are they emotionally and mentally after the game when they thought they should win, we should, they thought they should win, and they didn't? So this, this is going to be, I think it's going to be a lot closer than everyone thinks. I don't think there's any way a uh, lay down the air for Scotland. Uh, I, I think Scotland should win this game, but this is a different Italian side. And this is another test for them. We've seen how they performed being underdogs. First time they were on top and they didn't finish off. They didn't have that ruthlessness, made all these great line breaks, but didn't have that killer instinct that, that Alan's talked about with Johnny, that, you know, like he would have finished that team, that Irish team would have made those breaks and then scored two, three phases later. And that's what this Italian side's missing. Can they recover? I, I actually think it's going to be a really tight game. Really, really tight game. Scotland, yeah, you, you've probably got to give them the edge. But uh, I, without Russell and without Hogg, it's going to be a close one. And I think France will be far too strong because there's one thing I just want to add on Alan's point, France do not play away again until the end of next year's Six Nations where they'll play Wales and Scotland away. So they're at home now, except for those two games for a year. So they are not only a good bet for the, for the World Cup, they're a pretty good bet for next year's Six Nations. And this will be their first marker on that. So so the other game's still very, very uh, exciting and uh, relevant, I think, for, for all rugby people
1: yeah and let's hope with the three games that they're all crackers and lads i know you're looking at me there very politely and happily we're getting the predictions Quinny. straight to you what are we saying
2: oh scotland i think there will be home wins scotland france and ireland um i got a few of them wrong last week didn't i i said italy and and and, <laughs> and uh england would win um but i think this week i think scotland will will have a little bit too much. I do agree with Maths. You know, um, when you have you've no know, Hog or, or 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 Russell there, maybe it'll change them a little bit. But I still think they're physically uh, capable and and look. Obviously, they're looking to bounce back themselves. So I think Scotland will have a bit too much for Italy, and I think France will, you know, overpower overpower um Wales, I think they're it's just when you see the team and you start looking at the players, Antonio is back for France as well. Um incredibly powerful. So I think th- I think they'll win and I think Ireland will win as well. Given we've uh, we've I'm not sure if you've seen it. We have the English team. It's just out um a couple of minutes ago. So I think Stuart you can you can call that out. Um there's no there's no huge surprises I think to Ilanghi's back in Henry Arundel is on the wing. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Um, David Singular Ribbons. David
1: Ribbons. Yeah, Ludlum. Ribbons is in the center. Well, Alex Dombrant. So you're right. There's no real surprises there. I'm surprised
2: in, re- in a sense that he's gone with the same back row in Ludlum, yeah, Jack good Willis, good. and yeah.
1: Um
2: I think Ribbons coming in obviously comes in for Ollie for Chessam. He's injured. Ribbons yeah. is a physical player. Not sure if you remember the Northampton Monster game. He was uh was involved in a few of those scuffles over in, in 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 northampton and he's he's quite physical uh van portfleet at scrum half for me he's passing is good but he's been pretty slow uh it'll be interesting to see if they change things up but farrell is back in a 10 and you know again is it doing any good to marcus smith that this chopping and changing has gone on i don't know i still think farrell is a great player i really do think he's a great player um but langy for me gives them that little bit of power in the middle, and uh, um, yeah, so it's uh, on paper still a strong English team. But the one area that jumps out for me is the back row. If their back row perform as they did last weekend, Ireland will win comfortably. If they get involved, get stuck in, um, focus on trying to steal ball and, and get their hands and make some carries, I think they can cause Ireland problems. But they're my predictions anyway. So it's. Fra- um, what did I say? Scotland, Scotland, France, Ireland.
0: Scotland, France, Ireland. So over to you, Matt. <laughs> Scotland, France, Ireland with Quinny. I'm with you. They're perfectly, it's not international standard and that back row won't make it. But Tua will make a difference. I feel very sorry for Marcus Smith. Looks like he's blamed for last week. He wasn't. Marcus Smith's fault in any way. But that also tells you that English side, like when you're making chopping changes like that, they don't know what they're going. The big problem around that English attack is not just Farrell and Manu Tuilagi going to the line. Farrell's got to have other people with him, like Sexton does, going to the line. People in motion, people that are going to ask questions of the defence, and right now their attacking system doesn't have that. I think Ireland will be, will be too strong. I think France will win easily in Paris, and they'll feel very comfortable in Paris with full house, cheering them on, and I agree. Scotland um, should have too much, should have too much, and I think because of Jamie Ritchie's leadership we'll be driving that attitude of let's prove ourselves in this last game. Uh, so, But uh, still, as a Six Nations, it's a great weekend. Grand Slam for Ireland. It's on Virgin Media. What else could we ask? We're going to be part of it. It's exciting, really exciting.
1: You're right, Matt. You've said it is on Virgin Media. We're looking for some history. Lads, it's been a pleasure as always. Don't forget to tune in. First up, France v Wales and then the big one, Ireland v England go for that fourth Grand Slam. Let's hope it happens. Fingers crossed. Thanks, lads, for listening and watching.
2: Cheers, boys. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Bye now.